We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's April 26th, it's 2021, and we have nine baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Dave Potts. Cheese is good. What's happening, my friend? Howdy, howdy. Happy Monday. Uh, yeah, I got a pretty good good slate. Uh, sometimes you get those like five or six game Mondays. Uh, nine is about right. I'm, I'm always happy with about this size of slate. Nine, I feel like is perfect. I say this for basketball. I say it for baseball, for football. Nine game slates are like the like eight to nine are like the the juicy slates. So, and the thing that I like about this slate too is we have pitching options at the top. We have some potential guys in the middle range that we could take shots on. So, um, should be a really fun day to kind of break down the slate. There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of end up going on this slate and. For the first time in forever, it feels like there's no weather on this slate either. So that's going to be nice for Kevin Roth when he wakes up and starts looking at weather tomorrow. So, yeah, enjoy you know, your day. Enjoy your day, Kevin. 
for, for one it'd be, day. It'd be, it'd be back the next day or something like that. So uh, we are presented by superdraft.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, use your favorite plays for each and every slate without worrying about salary cap. You can play Mike Trout and all those guys at the top every single day if that's what you want to do uh, because of the multiplier system over there. Probably don't want to do that. Sign up using promo code Grinders for a fifty dollars instant deposit, along with the fifty percent deposit match bonus up to five hundred bucks. So, deposit five hundred bucks, you're going to get a fifty percent match bonus um, for two fifty. That will trickle, and you know, fifty dollars instant. So, make sure you guys are taking advantage of that. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. Love what they're doing over there on SuperDraft. Um, Dave, we get started. We got nine games to get through here. Yankees and um, the Orioles. Nine total in this one. Yankees favored by 180. Uh, we got Garcia against Harvey. Do you have any interest here in Garcia? Uh, no, mostly though because of how good a lot of the rest of the pitching is. Uh, Garcia is probably going to be a pretty good pitcher, um, maybe early on. Like he's got talent. Uh, the walks are probably going to be sketchy for a while. Like I think he can do pretty well. Um, but he would have to be really, really cheap on this slate for me to want to play him just because of what we've got not too far above him. Um, but I certainly, in general, I'm intrigued by him and curious to see how he does, but I don't think this is the day to jump in on him. Yeah. Electric strikeout stuff against righties, um, really need to develop more out pitches against lefties, a lot of fly balls, not a ton of hard contact against lefties last season in the, in the very small sample that we got to see him uh, was very good against righties. Um, yeah. I think the, the slate kind of dictates him. I don't think he's the worst play on the slate, but I definitely don't see myself using him um, in like my three entry build here. So Matt Harvey on the other side of this game, um, that's going to be an easy pass for me. Yeah. It's like, really Harvey has gotten much better. Like he's, you know, he's not ever getting back to the Matt Harvey he used to be, but he's not terrible anymore. And I'm happy to see it. Um, but you're, this is not a slate you're using Matt Harvey at home against the Yankees. So there's just no reason for it. Yeah. It's impressive. He's only allowed two home runs in like 16 and a third innings to start the season. That's, that's, yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> and it is, you know, theoretically a good ish matchup for him in the sense that at least they're, almost all their good hitters are righties. And that's where he's not a terrible pitcher against righties. Uh, but you know, don't, don't be silly. There's no reason to play Matt Harvey here. Yep. Let's talk Yankees bats. Harvey is going to generate a lot of ground balls, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially against these righties. So I, I think looking at some of these power bats that can get the ball up in the air is something like that we should be looking at here. Um, I, I think like a guy like Odor, you know, especially on the cheap end, is very playable here. What are you looking at here for the Yankees' bats? Yeah, I do. I mean, we always want lefties against Harvey, ideally. Um, and as long as you know, you know, the risk you're always taking with Odor on those strikeouts, you know, it, Harvey's not a big strikeout guy to lefties. He gets the ball in the air. Yes, I do like him. Any of these righties, they're just, they're just great hitters. And by all means, play any of them kind of any time. Um, but they're not huge fly ball guys like Sanchez is, but you know, he's the other real boomer bus guy, you know, Glaber Torres sort of is, but he's kind of looked the wonkiest so far this year. So 
like your Judge Stanton type guys. Um, I mean, yeah, at some point you're going to want them in tournaments just because there aren't there really aren't any can't miss bats on this slate. Um, but th- this is not an ideal place to be spending up for righties against Harvey. Um, the other side of this game, do you have any interest here in the Baltimore bats? I think I do a little bit. Um, we really do run out of great offenses pretty quick as we're going to see, like there's not, you know, there's no course field game. There's really no just outstanding hitter spots anywhere. So I think taking some pieces of these kind of what seem like bottom tier teams, but they're still decent. Like Garcia, well, the strikeout stuff is there. If you look at his minor league numbers, I mean, several seasons in a row of like 11% walks in the minors, it doesn't take much for a guy like that to get himself into trouble. And the Yankees bullpen isn't as great as it's been in the past. Um, so I think some of these guys are cheap enough to certainly throw in the tournament pool. I'm not going to have any of these guys in like my first lineup that I build by any means, but um, you know, like Mount Castle and, Severino and Franco. Yeah, I'll play a little bit of these guys. Yeah, um the lefties. Like if if Stewart cracks the lineup here, I really like him. He's a power lefty. I just got done saying how uh, in the small sample size that we did see from Garcia, he gave up a lot of fly balls to lefties and he doesn't have a big strikeout rate against lefties. So, I think a guy like DJ Stewart, you know, big power lefty is very much in play and I'd love he's, to see Chance Cisco in there, but I'm not yeah. counting on it. Yeah, I, you know, DJ Stewart's like 2,800. So, um, and, and Mullins, 3,500. If he bats leadoff, he'd be another guy that I think you could potentially throw in there for Baltimore. Yeah, I think Stewart on on DraftKings is a pretty good call. If he, they've put him batting like third a couple of times. So if yeah, if you were to see that just because of that salary, it'd be interesting. Oh yeah, anywhere like three to five at that price in this matchup would not hit it. All right, moving on. We got the Cubs and the Braves. It's eight and a half total. Atlanta is a one seventy seven favorite here. We got Zach Davies against Charler Charlie Morton. Um, do you have any interest here in Zach Davies? Uh, zero Zach Davies interest. Um, in the past couple of years, he's been a really good real life pitcher. Um, something looks just off this year. I mean, uh, if you look at his numbers, he has more walks than strikeouts this year. I mean, it's four starts, but that's four starts with, um, a guy who's needs control to be good to have 11 walks and 15 innings. I, I, I'm concerned on him. So I'm, I'm far away from him. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of look at like the under underlining numbers and stuff for Davies. They're not great. Um, you know, if you if you're if you're someone like me and you like to compare like XFIP and Sierra and stuff, like you never should have a walk rate over your strikeout rate, and your XFIP should never be over six for me to want to play you in DFS. And Zach yeah. Davies is having a rough stretch to start the year, and he's been in some really good like pitching condition games that you could have potentially played him in, and he just hasn't pitched well. So, and I'll also add in like his fastball is a full mile per hour under any point in his career so it's it may not be fluky at all he may just be not up to speed yet so i I think you you can't touch him uh charlie morton on the other side of this game dave i'm gonna need you to talk me off of charlie morton because the cubs stink 
I mean, I wish I could, but I cannot. Um, he's still good. Like he's, he's one of those guys that makes me proud to be an old person. Um, you know, it last year, it kind of looked like maybe he was starting to back off the strikeouts, but they're right back up to that 29% range. His control is still good. Uh, the Cubs are a very beatable team. Um, there's a lot of pitchers I like tonight, but Morton is definitely one of them. Like, 8K on DraftKings is a very fair price, um, leaving him a good bit of upside. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk you off of him. Yeah, like the Cubs are one of the highest strikeout teams against right-handed pitching since the start of last season. They'll, they'll likely have five, maybe even six guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over 25% um, against righties since the start of last season. It could be even like six or seven. So I think this is a good spot for Morton. Um, Vegas obviously agrees with me. Atlanta's a big favorite here. Let's talk bats. Uh, do you have any interest here in the Cubs bats? Um, not really. I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, uh, 20 plus lineups in before I'm getting to a, a, any Cubs bats. Yeah. Um, it's just like, who would you play? You know, just price alone. Like Baez is 49. Contreras is 49. Brian's 47. I think the guy you'd probably look at the most is Rizzo at 4,100. Like he's the guy that I, I think stands out the most price wise. And Charlie Morton does give up a lot of fly balls and hard contact to lefties. So like, if you want to take a shot on Freeman or not Freeman Rizzo, I think he's okay, but it'd be more of a one-off and he might even get like some ownership at that price. So I probably won't do that anyway. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like I don't want to use a one-off from the Cubs against Morton. Like, and so, yeah, uh, it's one of those, you, if you're doing 150 lineups, sure, you throw in a Cubs stack for an outlier game where Morton gets hurt in the third inning. Um, but basically, I'm on the other side here, me and everybody else. Yeah, I think the Braves um, are going to be really popular. I think the only thing that's going to potentially keep the ownership down is just the pricing. I think they are, they, they might be the top stack on the slate. I don't think that's crazy to think. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Braves? Yeah, I actually think they did a, uh, on DraftKings a great job with the pricing um, because you really can't get two good pitchers plus go Freeman, Acuna, Albies. Like they having two batters over six K. Um, I think it's correct. Like I like that it's this hard. You should not be able to just stack them up with whoever else you want. Um, even with that being said, I still think they're probably kind of the only obvious stack and kind of my first look um, is those prices will keep them at least somewhat in check. I think you can play um, you'll, you'll be able to spend up on like one or two bats in just about any lineup. And I think I would be fine with Freeman as, as whether you're talking a cash game, spend up or a tournament one-off um, if, if Davies were to s suddenly, you know, snap back to being, kind of good like he used to, um, then you wouldn't really want righties against him. Um, for now, I still, I want everyone against him because he looks off. But, you know, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, you'd really just want to start with Freeman and Albies. Um, yeah, I, I like the Braves a lot here. And I'm just hoping that some of these cheaper bats crack the lineup because you're going to need some of these cheaper guys to get in the lineup to make the stack work. Yeah, and you, you might have to have a, you know, not a full five-man stack. Um, 
you know, maybe we see like, you know, Alex Jackson catching or you know, something to make it fit and with Heredia in there or something, but these aren't guys you're like thrilled to play. So like, I'm not sure that you would end up going full stack anyway, if it means you just have to throw in whoever the two or three worst hitters are. Um, depends how the rest of the build works out. Um, moving on. Got Miami at Milwaukee, six and a half total in this one. Oh, I, I skipped over Oakland. My bad. Oakland at Tampa. I got to stay in like rhythm or I'm going to mess up. So Oakland at Tampa, eight and a half total. Oakland's a slight favorite here. We got Sean Manaya against Rich Hill. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Sean Manaya? Um, totally solid pitcher. Um, he's one of those guys that's almost always going to be relevant on a weak pitching slate and not a big standout for me on a good pitching slate. And like tonight, like he's right in that group where there's five or six pitchers that I really like, and he's not my favorite among them, but I certainly think he's going to be totally fine. And, you know, Tampa does have plenty of strikeouts, um, I just I don't like him quite as much as I like the other guys right around him. So he's in the mix, but he's not like a top two or three pitcher for me. I think he is. He's interesting depending on what the lineup looks like. Um, obviously, this is a good ballpark for pitching. And if the lineup comes out and there's plenty of strikeouts in this Tampa lineup each and every day, but if they leave in some of these lefties, I think that's where you know, Meadows and Lau and, and like maybe like Wendell or even like Kiermaier because like they like Kiermaier's defense. Like if they start leaving in like three or four lefties, I, I think Sean and I like peaks my interest a lot because as much as we're all going to like Burns and he's probably the top pitcher on the slate, I shouldn't even say probably he is the top pitcher on the slate. You know, you just kind of look at it and how can I potentially get different and maybe go in Morton, Manaya or, you know, maybe Otani or Tyler or Zach Wheeler. Like, there's options to get different to play, get off of Burns and, you know, potentially get that full five-man Brave stack. So, um, the other side of this game, Rich Hill, probably a pass for me. Yeah, there there have been, like, the last couple of times, you know, it's been like, let's keep trying Rich Hill. Maybe it's is in there. Maybe it's still it. Like, I still don't think he's just terrible, um, but this is not the slate for Rich Hill. And it's really not that big of a discount. Like he's, he's a thousand dollars cheaper than Manaya or Otani and, and just, I don't know, let's just not. We're not going to Dave. That's fine. We're, we're just, Hey, we're I, I talked, I talked to you off Rich Hill. I've done my job here. Yeah. I was never playing. It, didn't, it uh... did not, did not take much talking. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I just don't have a ton of interest in like they can throw enough righties at him here that you know I think you, you yeah, stay they'll away. probably have like eight righties. Um all right, let's talk Oakland bats. I I mean like we have to be price conservative, right? So I think a guy like Piscotti at 3K is somebody that stands out who could potentially bat maybe like fifth or sixth year. Loriano's not bad. Chapman's probably the best Oakland bat. Um, Mark Kana at 4,100. Like, there's options here for Oakland. It's just, I don't know if I'd go full five-man stack here. Yeah, and they're kind of more of a power team anyway where they can 
they can have two or three guys have a huge game without anybody else doing anything. And the bottom of their lineup, especially is, is unexciting. So yeah, I don't think you have to worry if you end up with just a couple of them. Um, Piscotti stood out to me as well at that salary. Um, but like, yeah, if you play Chapman or Loriano or, or Kenna, uh, there's no reason you have to stack around them. Like these are all kind of home run guys on their own. Um, I, I do like Oakland a pretty good bit just because there isn't a lot of offense to love anywhere. Um, it's not a slate full of hitters parks and bad pitching. So I don't mind playing bats in, in Tampa on this slate. Um, Tampa bats, anything here? Um, it's, it's actually reasonable. Yes. Uh, like, I kind of like it when at least, you know, a guy's going to be throwing strikes. That's something I talk about a lot in the article. Like, yeah, he's a good pitcher, but you know, they'll, they'll see a pitch to hit. Like if you wanted to play someone like a Rosarena or some of the other guys are just cheap. Um, or you just play for, Hey, it's a bad slate hitting wise. Um, somebody's going to have the outlier bad game where he gets babbipped around in the middle of the bullpen. So yes, I'll have Tampa stacks, um, but not a lot. And basically other than a Rosarena, um, I don't think I'm really picking out too much here because the other bats I like are the lefties and I don't really want to play the lefties. Um, so I'm, I hope I don't sound excited about them because I'm not, but it's not like I'm not going to play any because of the, what the rest of the slate is. All right, we head to Milwaukee. It's Miami at Milwaukee. It's a six and a half total here. Milwaukee's a 182 favorite. We got Trevor Rogers against Colin Burns. Um, Corbin Burns, sorry. Um, do you have any interest here in Rogers? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that a lot of people have noticed like how great this guy is doing. A lot of people have, but um, and I also think a lot of people still just don't think it's a good idea to play two pitchers in the same game when really, I mean, whoop de doo nobody's getting wins anyway. Um, I, I like Rogers a lot, and I'm going to have plenty of lineups with both pitchers in this game. Yeah, this lineup just – it's not a very good lineup. Like right. they're, they're dealing with some injuries. They're, they're one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching anyway, even when Yelich is in there. Um, I think Rodgers is a great play. I, Dave, like, we'll get into this when we get into the morning grind game, but I think betting Miami money line is one of the better value bets on the slate. And, like, Burns and the Milwaukee bullpen is, is fantastic, but you're getting really good odds for, like, Rodgers can go out there and throw seven shutout innings against this team, and I wouldn't be shocked. So, I think that's one of my favorite like value bets just on the day you're getting plus 182 right now on this bet. So um, outside of DFS purposes, I think that it's not the craziest idea to, to take a shot. That's just also saying just how much I really like Rogers in this spot too. I think he's a fantastic play. And then Burns on the other side, like this is, this is a future Cy Young winner. Like this guy is just nuts right now. And he, he's just pitching so good. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, the the, the pricing here, um, it's it's just too low. Like, they need to make him 11K, so you have a decision to make. 
Um, it, seeing him at 10-4 still against Miami makes me nervous of what DeGrom's going to be next time he pitches. Is he still going to be 10-6? Um, it's not going to continue, but the guy has 40 strikeouts without a single walk. Like, that's so otherworldly. Um, I don't care who he's facing. I mean, he did it last week against San Diego. Um, at home against Miami, I just, I mean, just play him. There's nothing to say about it. It's, it's goofy to try to find a reason not to. You might end up on a lineup where salary-wise you go with two of the mid-tier guys, um, but there, there's no reason not to expect another just brilliant game, six innings, ten strikeouts. Especially against this lineup, too. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup, and Miami, they're not as bad as they've been in years past, but they're still a team that's going to strike out, uh, especially at the bottom of the order, Duvall um, and, and the guys down here at the bottom. So I have zero interest in bats in this game. Is there anything like that you would remotely even consider here as far as bats? I mean, no. The only thing I would say is if you are, you know, full-on 150 lineups, Trevor Rogers is going to probably still have a couple of games where he lo- completely loses the control. Um, even though his walk rate kind of looks high, we really haven't seen it yet. And I, I don't expect it. And I expect he's going to be great, but these, these young guys who are like really big and tall, they just one teeny little thing with their mechanics and they could, you know, walk four guys and just have to come out of the game early. That's a conceivable outcome enough to throw a full Milwaukee stack in a large field tournament but that's all it would be like, there's no way I'm just picking out a hitter here. And I fully expect, like you said, on the betting side, like this has a two, one game written all over it and a two, one game could go either way. Um, so as far as like hand building my first 20 lineups, which is about what I do, I'll, I'll have zero bats here. Uh, Philly at St. Louis. It's an eight total. It's a pick em game here. We got Zach Wheeler and Adam Wainwright facing off against each other. Do you have any interest here in Zach Wheeler? Kind of. Um, I'm really curious to kind of see where projected ownership lands and what the talk around the industry is. I would still say, like, name recognition-wise, he still kind of jumps out. Like, everyone around him, Urias and Molly and Rogers and Urquidy, you know, these guys, they don't have quite the, you know, you haven't been playing him for the last four years. So I'm, I'm not sure that Wheeler doesn't get a little more ownership than he deserves. Like, I, I think he's my least favorite of this group we've just talked about. Like, I prefer Rogers. I prefer Morton. Uh, mighty, I think I prefer Manaya at a $1,200 savings. I think I prefer Otani at the savings. So basically, that leaves me saying no. I think the one thing that we can take away from Zach Wheeler is he's not likely going to walk a lot of people. He has some strikeout upside and he's a guy when he does typically get hit, it's usually ground balls. You know, this is a guy outside of that San Francisco game last start is a guy that typically generates a lot of ground balls and does not give up a lot of home runs. I think it's just a price thing today. I don't think he's a bad play. Like, I'm not going to run the stack against him, but I also, like, I, I just look at it and I'm like, uh, the four or five guys that you mentioned, I'm not playing him in any, any over any of those guys, and, and I don't think it's a bad spot for him. It's just 
give me give me Rodgers, you know, 10 out of 10 times right now. That Milwaukee lineup is a lot worse than the St. Louis lineup too. So um, Zach Wheeler definitely deserves some respect, but I don't think this is a spot I'm paying 9K for him over some of these other guys. And then Adam Wainwright on the other side of this game, just I can't remember. I, Dave, honestly, I can't remember the last time I played Wainwright. He He's a good pitcher against righties. He's going to generate um, some soft contact and stuff, but he's just not a guy that I typically end up playing because it's just doesn't typically work out, you know, outside of his last start, we got 10 strikeouts. That's, it's very, very um, seldom. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that has outlier written all over it. And like, even in that, in that game with the 10 strikeouts, like his swinging strike rate was a very mediocre 10%. Um, like he's not going to strike out 10 guys again, probably ever in his whole life, honestly, but he's fine. Like I'm not, anti Adam Wainwright it's just on this slate again he's not really cheap per se 7200 is not cheap on this slate so no thank you yeah um I'm with you I just I don't see it I actually think the Philly stack is not the craziest idea on this slate you know they're on the road going up against Wainwright Wainwright is a good pitcher and I you know I don't typically want to stack against him but when I look at my options on the slate I know he's a guy that if he is pitching bad and he only gets like three or four innings, then I'm getting plenty of bullpen here, and I don't hate that. Yeah, like you've got to play someone on this slate, you know? And like we keep saying, there's there's really no just incredible can't-miss offense. Um, I, I would say the Philly stack is probably, other than the Braves, maybe – you know, I don't know, maybe Houston or the Yankees or something. Uh, the Phillies are right there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally on board. Um, any interest in St. Louis here? So, like more so than the semi interest I've tried to feign with, like the Cubs or the Brewers. Um, about about on the level of where I was with Tampa. Like, yeah, it's a pretty good team. And, you know, you can have the outlier bad start. But I think Wheeler had the outlier bad start last game with the three homers. That's really not a thing that's likely to happen. And because St. Louis' best bats are the righties, and you don't really want the righties, uh, this is pretty well just a leftover. The thing is, I, I worry that people that are trying to stack Atlanta with two good pitchers are going to end up on the Cardinals a lot just because of some of the prices on these guys. Like, depending on what the lineup looks like, Carlson's really cheap. If he bats second, um, he could potentially be popular here at 3,300. Dare I say Matt Carpenter is somebody that people can look at. Oh, he's you do dare say. <laughs> and then, uh, like, Tyler O'Neill, Like, Tyler O'Neill's 2,400. And if he cracks the lineup and these guys are all kind of hitting in the same range, like you get a, a really cheap, like garbage stack and you're able to fit Braves and two good pitchers. And I, I, I just worry that we see that more than we probably should. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes when you build lineups, you land on a really obvious construction around the obvious construction. And yeah, that, that's a good, a good point. I hadn't looked at the pricing on those guys that, that might, be the thing that just fits too much they're cheap um, yeah like if you don't play the top of the order and you just play like that 
you know, middle to bottom of the order outside of like Carlson, this team's really, really cheap. So it really would depend on like who's catching, you know, if, if, if is a Neezer is catching, like he's 2,500, like, can we just call him Kniser? I would feel better about that. Yeah, whatever you want to call him. Thank you. Kniser. I'm never going to, I'm never going to get a name, right? So don't worry about me. I don't know what his name is. I call him Kniser. Yeah, I just like, man, that that would that stack would work so well too if Molina wasn't in there for some yeah. reason. Justin Williams probably real yeah. cheap. All cheap. Oh, anyway, moving but no, on. I, I certainly don't love it. Angels and Rangers, uh, no total in this game. We got Otani against. I think it's going to be Lyles. That's what it, I think the report is. Um, don't expect Lyles to pitch deep, but he's supposed to start here. Um, let's start with Otani. You know, what are we kind of thinking here for Otani? 7,700 going up against this team um, through 80 pitches in his last start against the same team, only through four innings, you know, a little bit, a little bit of um, control issues, just, you know, six walks in that start. So this guy is just going to be a, a wild card for a while because of this control and the control is going to dictate the innings. Um, I, I basically view it as a fantastic sign that he got 80 pitches because in that first start back before the blister, he got 90 pitches. So I don't think pitch count is really a concern. Like if, it, if things go his way, I think he has plenty of leash to go six innings and the strikeouts against Texas should really be there. Um, they strike out just as much against righties. Uh, like they're at like 30% this year. So like it's in his range of outcomes to have one of those seven inning, 12 strikeout kind of games. Um, it's also the control. It's just so bad that another four innings with six walks is very much in the range of outcomes. I just think he's priced well for the risk. Um, I'm going to be playing more of him than I want to be. Like I, I generally just try to avoid pitchers with this kind of walk rate. Um, but the upside is so obvious to see um, and it's not priced in. So I, I'm going to be playing them. Yeah. I just, the matchup is too good and <laughs> the upside's too high not to have interest in him. Like it might be, be a spot where I only play him like one out of my three entries, but I do think like, He's somebody that whether you want to go him and Burns or whether you want to go, you know, double cheap. And I say cheap like this, this like seven to eight, eight point four range is just juicy. There's plenty of options in this range today. So that's what I mean by cheap. I don't think you're going to go down to Sheffield, Harvey, Lyles or any of these guys. But if you want to live in that like Otani to Rogers range with two pitchers today, I think definitely makes sense. So. Um, on the other side, we're not playing Lyles, right? Like he's not a guy nah. that's going to go deep and the angels lineup doesn't strike out a ton. I, I think this is a spot we stay away from, right? Definitely. Um, do you have any interest in the angels bats? Uh, I think you pretty much have to, um, this is a team that like every day is just kind of annoying because they don't have that many good hitters, like guys that you would want to play on their own. They have a bunch of guys that kind of put the ball in play. Um, let's assume Trout is back in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, like that kind of seems like he should. It's obviously a whole different situation depending on what happens with Trout. Um, but until Rendon comes back, it's basically a three-player team for me with Otani, Walsh, and Trout. Uh, you know, Upton still has some power, and that's fine. 
But these guys like Fletcher and Iglesias and Rojas and like, I don't even really like playing these guys in stacks. They just don't do anything. Um, so yeah, I like the Angels bats a lot, but really that just means I like Otani and Walsh and Trout if he's back in the lineup. Um, yeah, like if Trout's out of the lineup, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Otani pitching in this game. Like, yeah, the guy... I, I assume they're not going to play him, and yet something tells me one of these games they're just going to let him get to because they need, like, they need him. Yeah. Um, I think like obviously when you're looking at the Angels, they're pretty cheap here. Upton's 36, Pulhos is 36, um, Shebler is 2,800, assuming that he cracks the lineup here. And, you know, we can always play Shebler against right-handed pitching. So I don't hate um, looking at the Angels here. Definitely want to see what their ownership looks like. I even like Jared Walsh at like 4,300. Um, if Trout's in there, obviously, I like him a lot. So, and then as far as like the Texas bats go, I think you can always take shots on low and gallo just because of the power but you you have to understand you're either going to probably get strikeouts or hard hit balls and then against otani you're probably going to get a strikeout or a walk um like the <laughs> chance of, of any ball in play it adds is, an extra rate so in, low it adds an extra outcome right <laughs> yeah um like Otani doesn't know where he's throwing it, and Gallo doesn't know where he's swinging at it. Like, it would be total luck if a ball goes in play. But if it does, it's probably going to go really far. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you have anything else here from uh, Texas? No. Well, I will full stack Texas because any pitcher who has that kind of ridiculous walk rate, obviously, he's going to have multiple innings pretty much every time he starts when he's one hit away from the disaster inning. And usually he's probably not going to give it up because he's going to either walk the next guy for one run or strike him out. Um, but anytime I see that kind of walk rate, I'm, I'm going to have a stack against it just on principle. Yeah. And he might only throw four innings and you're going to get a lot of bullpen if that happens. And the angels bullpen is very shaky. So I don't hate Texas here, but you know, you definitely have to assume the risk. Yeah. If you are, and I kind of just, I, I just want to say this again for no reason at all, other than I just, I think they should let Otani hit and pitch, especially if Trout's out of the lineup. Like, why, why not? I mean, just let the guy hit. I don't, does he stay the DH if he gets taken out for pitching? I don't, I, don't That's they have That's a very to good question. Probably. Change no, I, the I, rule then. Yeah, I've, he has to he has to come out, right? Like it moves to a pitcher spot and they lose the DH for the game. You know game, what? Yeah, honestly, I'd never thought about that until just now. Maybe don't let him hit. I don't know. I'm almost I'm yeah, almost positive. Makes, I could be wrong, but I think I'm that, pretty that makes sense. I guess they'd never had to even think about what the own rule is. They probably had to look it up. Uh yeah, because he would be a pitcher spot, so they'd be they'd be saying, like, we're not gonna use a DH today. And I don't even know. But I, so I like, I was just like, I don't know for a fact that you can't just say this is our DH and he's a different guy than our pitcher. I don't think you can. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have to use like a no DH. But I don't know if they could put him in the outfield or something along those lines. But I don't think they would. But I'm just saying, I think they lose their DH. Um, I think they, they sacrifice their DH for the day. 
Yeah. Uh, There's enough people on the bench to pinch hit for pitchers after that. You're, you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to change. I'm going to change the rules. To, so I could be wrong too. Like I, I'm pretty sure I'm yeah, right, I mean, but way, I could be wrong. Yeah. The way you're saying it makes way more sense. I, I just, I think it would be great if they could, if he could just hit and pitch on the same day. And I think whatever I think would be great is what should be allowed to happen. Oh man. All right. Seattle at Houston. We got Sheffield against your Uh, do you have any interest here in justice Sheffield? Nah, not, not on this slate. Like, like you've said, like there's no reason to go cheap because you can just go with two of these really good 8k pitchers. Um, and the, you know, the Astros against lefties, they're just, it's a tough, a tough matchup. And He's not a great pitcher yet. I think this this guy's going to be good, um, but he's not there yet. We keep saying that. We keep patiently waiting for him to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's only been he's he's barely at a hundred career innings. Like it seems yeah. like he's been around a long time, but he he's got time. No, I don't know. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, like we're all waiting. Yeah. Um. I don't think this is like you're playing him not only because he's facing the Astros, just because I don't think you're going to need to go down and get this type of savings. It would make you super contrarian, but not always being contrarian is smart. Um, and you're Kitey on this slate. Like I don't hate this spot for him because Seattle's not a scary team. And he did put up 18 against this team already, but I don't think 18 is enough in this price range today because I think this price range is absolutely loaded with better plays. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel like he is more looks more like a really good real life pitcher who's going to be a decent fantasy pitcher um he can get more strikeouts against seattle but he's really not a strikeout guy um and yeah kind of what you just said as, as far as what upside you need between like rogers morton otani and then even going up to like the the reds dodgers game and and burns like you're gonna need um a 25 point DraftKings upside at 8K. That's not really him. I am more likely to stack against him than play him today for what it's worth. So just kind of looking at him, he's a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls. He gives up plenty of hard contact. He's you know definitely better at limiting power against lefties than he is against righties. But I think Seattle as a secondary stack is super playable here. They're on the road and they're cheap. You know, Kyle Seeger is the most expensive guy at 4,400, but you can you play the top of this order as a secondary stack with any kind of other stack that you want out there today because there's plenty of position eligibility here. Yeah, they're an interesting team most days. Like, they strike out a lot, so they're, they're going to have a lot of bad days, but almost everyone in the lineup has at least some power or some speed. Um, it's a, a bunch of guys that hit the ball hard, and because Urkady's not a huge strikeout guy, um, yeah, it could happen. Um, any interest here in Houston? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're one of the teams that's going to be in that first sort of tier of who's going to have the higher projected team total that will look kind of obvious at first glance. Um, but even while, you know, kind of picking on Sheffield, he, like he's not – there's no – there's nothing bad about him either while we're waiting for him to be good. He also hasn't been bad. Um, like he, he's still getting around 50% ground ball. So doesn't get hit super hard he has at least average strikeouts. Um, but because of the lack of everything else on the slate, certainly 
won at least something on the Houston righties with Bregman being kind of the obvious guy. Altuve is supposed to be back too. Um, oh, they should, he, he, do. he should be back too. Bad, um, bad guy. I will say this. We all want to play Atlanta and maybe even I think New York's going to be popular today. Houston might be really low owned at these prices just because people are going to want to play these other teams. So that's just somebody that I think is that's just something I wanted to note um, because, you know, you got five guys over 5,000 on DraftKings for Houston today. Yeah. And I guess when two of them are lefties that no one's going to play in a lefty lefty that makes it even more kind of appear to be obnoxious how expensive they are. Um, and that's the kind of situation where if you are stacking them, you're playing for it being a blowout anyway, and you don't be afraid to put a lefty in there. Just assume it's going to be a bunch of bullpen. Yep. All right, moving on. We got Colorado at San Francisco, seven and a half total here. Uh, Giants favored by 164. We have Gomber against Discofani. Um, any interest here in Gomber? Uh, no. Um, uh, he's not terrible. Like there have been slates this year um, where if we had Gomber on them at this same price, I would have played him. Uh, but because of all the other stuff we've talked about, um, I just I just don't think you need to do it. Yeah, like uh, I think you nailed it. Like if you look at him um, on some other slates at this price, like he generates ground balls. He strike uh, he strikes out righties at a really high clip. Um, uses like a curveball, you know, fastball slider like mixture to strike out right-handed batters, uh, even as a lefty. And he had a really decent game against this team earlier this season. So. My my biggest concern is this team can go very right-handed heavy. If I was going to play a pitcher under 7K, it would probably be him, but I don't think I end up in that range today. I don't think you're going to need to. Um, Descafani, any interest here going up against the Rockies? Um, Kind of a little bit. Like The problem, of course, is he's right in the middle of that big group of really good options between 77 and 84. And he's not my favorite in that group. So I may not end up landing here. Like he's real similar to Manaya for me. Um, very respectable real life pitcher who will occasionally show a little more strikeout upside. The matchup's pretty good. Um, like he's a totally reasonable play, but I don't like him as much as, you know, Morton or Rogers right ahead of him. Yeah. Like, I'm not running to play bats in this game. I'll, I'll say that. I think, man, I don't know. I just, what, is there anything that's standing out to you here for the Rockies? Um, I mean, I'm always interested in playing uh, some power one-offs against Escalfani. Uh, Like, I'll play a little bit of Story, McMahon, Blackman. Um. In the very early going this year, he's getting a bunch more ground balls. But over the long run, like he's always been more of a home run guy. Um, and on a slate with just like we keep saying, there's really just not a ton of great offense. Um, you know, seeing something like Story at 4800, given how many hitters are almost like 6K, um, I'm, I'm fairly interested there in tournaments. But I, I don't love it. Certainly not as a stack. And the Giants here, um, they're going to be able to 
they're going to throw a lot of righties at Gomber. Is there any of these guys that stand out? Um, this is a one where I definitely like a stack because like Gomber's had some ridiculously horrible control issues um, and it, things get away from him really quick. Um, and he can walk like, you know, I think he's up at like almost 13% of righties in his career which is a lot if he's facing a bunch of righties. And then you kind of mentioned his splits. He's, he's really not any better. Like for, for a lefty, he has weird splits where there's no reason you don't even want a left-handed bat against him. Um, but the problem there, uh, Skremski may be hurt. Like he left the game with like a, a very vague oblique tightness. So maybe he's totally fine if he's out. Um, then I can, I mean, I'm not, I'm not probably going to play Belt or Dickerson. So when I say I like lefties against him, that was if he has us in the lineup. Um, but this is much more a stack than a pick out at bat and just hope for that control to go wonky. Yeah. I mean, plenty of cheap guys that you can kind of stack here with for San Francisco too. So don't mind the Giants, but I stack the Giants more than pretty much everybody. So. It's not, no, not shocking for anybody that listens to the podcast ever. So uh, we finish out the slate here with Cincinnati, LA taking on the Dodgers, seven and a half total uh, Dodgers, a 182 favorite here. Uh, we got Molly against Urias. Um, any interest here in Tyler Molly? Oh, man, uh, I've got to say no. And I like Molly. Like I, I've been playing him this year. I'm going to going to be playing him this year. The, the strikeout stuff is real. Um, but a guy with still some control issues and a pretty good history of power issues going against the Dodgers on this slate um, is, is not sounding great to me. Yeah, any right-handed pitcher against the Dodgers is scary. And I think we have enough options where we're – if this is a five-game slate and the pitching kind of stunk, then maybe you're playing Tyler Molly. But I don't think this is that slate. So I'll probably yeah. pass and – uh, Urias on the other side, shocking, right? He's thrown six innings and in three of his four starts to start the year. He's still not pitching over a hundred pitches, but he's pitching efficiently. He's not walking people. His whip is under one. Do you have any interest in him here going up against Cincinnati? Uh, this is kind of the one I'm the most torn on, on this slate. Like, because people have liked this guy for a long time. And I've been the guy who's been kind of cautious on him the whole time. Like, you know, he's never lived up to this hype that we talk about. And then last week he struck out 11 guys. Maybe that was it. Maybe he's there now. Um, one start against Seattle isn't really enough for me to say, okay, now he, this, the strikeout's going to show up now. I still think he's basically a slightly above average strikeout pitcher who is going to be very good, but realistically not great uh, fantasy-wise. And at his price, like, I just don't like him as much as Rogers, Morton, Otani, and I don't like him much more than Descalfani and Manaya. Um, not enough to really make up for the salary difference. Yeah. 
I don't think the matchup is bad. I think Cincinnati is very good um, against right-handed pitching, but they're going to struggle a little bit against left-handed pitching. They strike out a little bit more against left-handed pitching as well. I don't hate the matchup. I I hate the fact that like I don't think he outscores Burns, and I don't see myself using two top end pitchers. Maybe that's the way that you play Urias, though. Maybe that's you know how you kind of get contrarian today is go two top end pitchers with everybody going cheap as an SP two. But I overall I don't like that either, just because of what I'm sacrificing as far as bats go. So, um, is there any of these Cincinnati bats that you like here? Um, I mean, just barely Castellanos and, and Suarez. Um, it's tough to ever play against the Dodgers because all the pitching is good and the bullpen's good. Um, but this is this is one of those slates where every really good hitter is gonna gonna make my tournament pool just because there aren't that many of them. Um, but basically, no. Yeah, maybe in a one-off on um, Baldino assuming that he's potentially batting leadoff again, like India's banged up now too. So, you know, he's 2,400 and you get a leadoff hitter batting 2,400 on this slate. Like I'll take shots on that, but that's been such a weird little thing. Like that is not who I expected to see hitting leadoff for the Reds. <laughs> right. this year. Like, is it? I, I mean, they're dealing he, with a lot of injuries too. They have a lot of yeah, guys out right yeah. now, but to be fair, like he, he, he has really good like on base skills. Like this guy has walked a ton at every level. So he kind of makes sense for, you know, when they don't have anyone else, but um, yeah, just, it's just kind of throwing me the last few days to see him up there. I don't hate it though. 2,400 leadoff hitter on the road, nine innings, four at bats guaranteed, unless he gets pinch hit for Um, Dodgers in this spot. I think you can play the Dodgers on any slate. So on a slate where we're like, oh, hitting's not great. Like the Dodgers, obviously a team that makes sense, but Tyler Molly is a good pitcher and they're not cheap. Yeah. yeah, this is a tricky one for me. I, I will just definitely tell you, I'm definitely going to stack the Dodgers in a lot of lineups and not feel great about it. Cause I, Molly really is good. And the Reds really do have a lot of good relievers. Like there's nothing ideal about this matchup it's simply that there's nothing ideal about anything on the slate other than maybe the braves um so if if my choice is you know i'm stacking someone like you know tampa or the brewers or the cubs to to get different um i would rather just play a a really good team against the better pitcher um so yeah I'm, I, yeah i'm gonna stack the dodgers but i certainly don't expect anyone to shellac Molly at any point this year. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we're going to get out of here. We have a lot of options for the morning grind game today. It'll be a fun one. Uh, favorite play under, under 8K to get uh, six or more strikeouts. Uh, well, that's an easy one and I will take that one. That would be Otani. Um, yeah, I, I think like the other one, Sean Mania, just because Tampa does strike out a bunch, I think he's the other option. Yeah. down. Yeah. And, and he can, he can go seven innings every time too, which helps with that. Um, over 8k to score under 15. Who's your bust up at the top today? Who, um, the, the obvious one would be Molly, but I, I'm going to say Wheeler. Um, 
I'm going to go with your Kaidi. Yeah. I'll I don't know if it'll work out. We'll see. I mean, theoretically, um, they'll probably like all of them project to hit 15 because they're all really good. But yeah. Yeah. But what's the fun in the game if you don't pick exactly. Them, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, over 4,000 to hit a home run. We don't have cores on this slate, so you can pick anybody that you want. Uh, Frederick Freeman. Free Money Freddy. That was my pick, too. I uh, like that one a lot. Um, you might see a common theme here, but I'm hoping that the Phillies kind of go overlooked on this slate and they're going to be low owned. Uh, give me Bryce Harper to hit a home run today. Mm-hmm. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Two hits. Um, I'll take. I'll take Piscotti. I like that one. Um, going way back to like the first game that we talked about. Um, give me Mullins against Garcia, and hopefully he bats uh, leadoff and he's cheap. So, uh, stack to score six or more runs. Um, I'll try to take a non totally obvious one there because there aren't that many obvious ones um let's go with the phillies that was mine um glad you picked it <laughs> i'm gonna take atlanta just because you took the what i was gonna say and i uh, didn't want to go chalky either I, um, I was trying to avoid saying atlanta and i stole yours i'm sorry it's okay um uh, the other okay i won't go atlanta i'll go angels i, I think the yeah. angels are super interesting on the slate and yeah it might be one of the ugliest looking stacks on the slate too. If trout doesn't play and Otani's not hitting <laughs> yeah. like, and they still might get there against Texas in this bullpen too. So yeah. Um, any over under against the spread, any betting picks that might be standing out to you here um, at first look. Um, I mean, I definitely like what you said about the Miami I just think it's great Mine, value. Like as far, yeah, like you don't expect them to win, but it's it's quite possible. Um, and then I guess I I might go I might go over in the Reds Dodgers. All right, I don't mind that one. Um, All right, so I already talked about the Miami one. That one obviously stands out to me a bunch, but the Phillies and Cardinals game is a pick them right now. And I really do think the Phillies um, are a team to kind of look at on this slate. I, I like the potential of Wheeler pitching okay, and I like the Phillies against Wainwright today. So um, that's one that kind of stands out to me. Yeah. All right. Dave, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no. No. Uh... A lot of good pitching. Make make sure you feel good about your pitching, and uh, and you should because it's good. There's quite a few options today. Um, I don't think it's going to be really that hard to feel good about your pitching. <laughs> yes. Hey, you never know. Yeah, you never yeah it know. doesn't mean it works out, but like at least going into the slate, you should feel like, hey, I've got you know 40 points with my pitchers here. Um. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I definitely like the pitching on this slate. I think it's a really fun slate. Uh, a lot of different ways to go. So that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Everyone have a great day and hopefully you had a great weekend. Good luck. We'll see you then.